the helmets, the World War One helmets mm -hmm. that they used to use as a wash basin. He had, I mean, we played with that stuff. Oh, look at her mother. Yeah. She was smart, huh? No. She was mother. She was Jack. Uh, she was a Red Cross nurse during World War One, and some of her old friends. Uh, I think mother said I remember her saying they used to go to this Presbyterian church, and I always said I wanted to see if they had her name on the record, mm -hmm. because I know she wouldn't buy a uniform like that. Mm -hmm. That old, because Mrs. Williams was a Red Cross nurse, mm -hmm. the one that worked, but she went over she to went she went overseas. She but was, that was during uh, during the Second World War. Second World War, right? So, but mother, it, this was at the Presbyterian Church there on Taylor. And up, um, Pershing or somewhere up in yeah, there. Yeah, up in there. Uh huh. And all, of course, they are all dead. But as far as that, I know she was at this. Was, that was my father's picture she was talking Oh, that's, isn't that funny? No. <laughs> he's, he's kneeling with he the He told rifle. the greatest war stories. Well, and this is oh, World War II. So that's mean. my husband. They took him out of school when he was 18. Yeah, he was neat. You can't see his lips, but he had the prettiest lips. The smoothest, prettiest lips. Yeah, he looks like he was going to cry. And this all is the what time. my daddy brought back. It looked like he was going to cry. All this the is all time. that. Yeah. He brought back that. Great stuff. Sure. And he brought that there. Yeah, he some stuff. And French francs. Oh. We had all foreign money and stuff. He brought back a lot of stuff. A lot of history. Here. Oh, yeah. And my brother, my brother Raymond, my, that's his baby picture over there. He brought this best. He brought that's this my back. His baby picture, the old one. Well, he got this during the Japan yeah. War. What is that? Some little sandals. Oh. Some little little Japanese sandals. Mother saved all this stuff. I got all this stuff mm -hmm. from my mother. You know when She's they die and everything. She's a yeah. I can't throw away all this no, stuff. But anyway, that's the American Legion. Town Pile Post number seventy seven. That was that was the color. Uh, American Legion post. American Legion post. They would be glad if somebody could really find it because all the old guys are dead. Along with my brothers, those were teenagers. Uh, they were junior things. They were in duck pants. You had told me on the phone that uh -huh. it was really. It, it gave you a lot of it was. good feelings. It was a good feeling because it was a select group of uh, of uh, young men, and their fathers had to be uh, veteran, mm -hmm. and so just anybody could not just pop up in there. You had to be the son of a legionnaire. And and when you belonged to the town power post, you were a member of something. Believe me, you were proud to put on that uniform. And uh, they would go to practice every Saturday. And did girls play a part? Not at this time. This was, you still see the dress. This was on West Bell, and that uh, that was on West Bell. That's where they would practice. And uh, in later years, when the girls got in, when World War Two started. And the boys start going to war. Then that's when the girls got in, and I was in it then. And when we first got this, the boys, okay, they handed the Tams and the Capes down to us. Mm -hmm. The first time we marched, we had about 12 girls, and they had the first uniforms. They had white duck pants, and then they had the satin shirts, cause mother made some shirts and the cummerbunds for the little boys, and we marched in the parade 
behind them because they really didn't want the girls mm -hmm, behind them at that time. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about racism in St. Louis, that's another point too I want to bring out. Okay, we were, we would be the only colored unit in the parade, in the Armistice Day Parade, which is now Veterans Day Parade, and everybody would look forward to that. At that time, they were really going up to, they were really a good drum and bugle corps. You know, they're talking about drum and bugle corps, but they were good. And you could, they would always, they, why I say they, let me find another word for they, I hate that. Who are you referring to? I'm referring to white struck the white power brokers or makers, the people that formed the parade unit, it seems that um, the uh, colored unit would always be at the end of the parade. And we would always stand there, stand there, stand. But they were a crack drum and bugle corps. They really did. It's not a lot of stuff like they did. They really could play. And finally, each year now, I don't know how they, I don't know whether, but every time they would be on the, on the tail end, then it would move up. Then I thought, maybe it's the way they get the units called in. You know, how you call in and they put this unit up and how well you play. And then one time they did lead the parade. That was an honor. And do, do oh, you, you feel proud. You feel so proud when you lead the parade. Do you know but how did that come about? I don't know. I don't know any of this. All I know, when the, if they led a parade and you saw the time pile post coming and mm -hmm. they, were, they were good, they were championship. Of course, they was the only uh, black drum and pew court in the state of Missouri. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. In the state of and, Missouri. And, and, for a did long you time. tell me this was 1936? 36. 36. Uh -huh. But for all their awards and things, and we were state champions. We, and I was in the girls' drum and bugle court, and we were the champions. All We were the yeah, first all-girls. Mm -hmm. We all-girls. We were doing the war. And we took over. When the boys went off, that's when the girls took over. Why are there white men in uniforms here on each end? They're not white. Sure. Where? Him? Mr. No, that's not Mr. Curl. He's uh, black. He's not white. They're light, very light skin. They're light skin. Uh uh. I can't think of the man's name. There was nobody. There was nobody in there. No. Oh. Uh uh. Even the little light boys in there, they were all black. Cause my other, my brothers, it's all different colors. Here's my brother here. Now the boys are grown now. They've grown up, but these are the well, junior. I feel better. I'm glad I okay. asked it because it was like, well, why are these they are there? the junior legionnaires boys up in here, and they formed the junior legionnaires club. They are men now, and they were all friends. Mm -hmm. And my brother, uh, one of your brothers was. Fair. This was the drum major. That's Boone. He was a drum major, and this was my brother. All of them were my brother friend. They used to all come to our house. Here's my, here he is right oh. there. And there's O.C. This is Eddie. He was light. He had freckles. This is Eddie Randall. He has a funeral hey, home. Let me see. He has a funeral home. And uh, now this he, sure and now he had Eddie Randall. Blue Devils had a band. Mm -hmm. oh, when he was coming, Eddie Randall goodness. and the Blue Devils. And, um. He's an old, he old man living? now. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, he's still living. He buried my husband. He looks like his sons. His sons look just like him, uh -huh. don't Because he, his father was a legionnaire. His father oh was a goodness. his father was a legionnaire. So therefore, um, you would that would that was our family mortician, and then there was um, doctor. He's dead. He was a um, doctor. What was his name? Doctor Giles was a dentist. We went to him. 
And then the, the other doctor in turn is, what was his name? Dr. Smith. He was a World oh, War I veteran. He was a World War I. And your, and your maiden name was McFarlane, uh -huh. which I, I don't think we even... McFarlane, Pearl McFarlane. <laughs> mm -hmm. And she'd have one more green than any Irish military veterans today. But um, yeah, when I was working I on, I thought the, we were supposed to do that. I grew up thinking, oh awesome. you know. <laughs> No, but when I worked in the factories, and they would, uh, the ladies would have on all those green. I green. I would just do it as a joke. <laughs> and so I would wear mine. I would get me a ribbon and wear it too. And they said, "What are you doing wearing that?" What? So you wear? I could be. I don't know. And they would just do That's certain like I told things. My son, every holiday, I mean, this is how we barbecue. This is old picture. That's my father. St. Patrick's, Rosh Hashanah, doesn't matter. Just celebrate it. <laughs> That's okay. Just like everybody have barbecued. Uh, you know how they have all the Webers and all of the yeah. tanks the and all that grill, stuff. Yeah. We barbecue, but you get a number two cut, number two, <laughs> a number two um, round tub that people used to hand wash their clothes. My mother had a washing machine. And a fridge. I was brought up with a washing machine, a telephone. I know. Refrigerator. Old people that still say, "Well, you know." And I had lights. I had lights. They, they still remember. We had lights. It wasn't very many telephones on and our block. I think it was about two people that had telephones on my block, but we had one, and we had a frigidaire. A frigidaire, not refrigerator. Uh, frigidaire. Uh, <laughs> well, that's all you're gonna say. <laughs> but, but it was a Copeland. I never will forget because Daddy was saying, "This is." Genuine, this is genuine porcelain. <laughs> it's genuine porcelain, and, and that thing stayed there. Oh, that was an old, old machine, and it was sparkling white. And the next, the next, the next, the next ice box was a GE, and they kept that. They had that when I was mm -hmm. And the washing machine was ABC. I never will forget it, cause I had uh, toys that like my mother's Great but toys. we I had a lot of nice toys oh, and my brothers had a lot of toys they had she a, had some great toys uh, they had kept they had she well had. I kept a lot of my toys but my but my in-laws the little girls kids don't I, I see I kept things I'm sentimental I'm away, sentimental Mom. but I always kept my it's toys tough. and I didn't let kids break up my she toys because oven. some people you know, with kids, it wasn't very many toys well, going around had. there, but you just keep things. Well, I had an electric stove. This electric stove. This mm -hmm. is before the Easy Bake Oven. Uh -huh. And it was painted in the old-fashioned way with the little it old had green, a quick chick little thing. French kind of green designs on it. And it had, like, the oven was on one side, just like an old stove. And it had the, the one side you could cook on top, and the oven was on the one side. And you plugged it in, and it heated it up. Okay. Even when I was a kid, it heated up. Another thing that was happening in the community then so was the Y. I heard you uh, say about the Y. Okay, the YMCA. Uh, usually, they would always have the the, uh, Street, yeah. uh, the Y Circus, and it wasn't the circus where you had balloons and so forth. And the Y Circus, it was to make money or to get money for the boys to send them to camp, and they would have big stars all the time. That was a big occasion in the black community uh, because that was, that was their night to go to the poly. Um, to the Y Circus, and how many nights? Would all about a week or so? All the oh, see you here. All the stars, all the stars there, and all the schools, the high schools would, would participate with dance groups, and just like when the boys would go to the Y uh, MCA, they did all sorts of acrobats, and they just the program was it was really something. I wish they could bring that back. They and where was this held? At the Keel Auditorium. At the Keel. Mm -hmm. 
at the kill. I think the first one was held at Bashan. I remember the first one at Bashan. At that time, I didn't know your daddy, and I didn't know, I didn't know his brothers. But I know when we, because you know they could do tumbling. And I, because Rudy was telling me when the very first one they had on white, he said, "Oh yeah, that was those were my brothers, uh, Larry and all of them. Mm -hmm. They could throw themselves way up. They would get on, and then they later. All of these are different years. I just thought you could look at that. Oh, these were some of the, it. these are some of the things, and then you would see some of the businesses that black on. You see some of the advertising, and then you would know just what well, all of this was in the black neighborhood at that time, or the black community, which you don't have anymore. It was a full community. Uh -huh. It wasn't separated in terms of uh, mm -hmm. economic strata or I professions think. or anything. They, you had a full, well-rounded community. It was usually your doctors and your teachers and your they were right there in the neighborhood. And your domestics, they were all there. They were there. They did. See, well, this unlike was, the communities of today. Well, yeah, are we talking about, we're still talking about when you were little? When you were I don't know what you mean little, because well, see, uh, this yeah. this is when I was, this is when I was uh, uh, 18. I okay. was a teenager but on up. and still lived at the same place. Oh, yeah, they lived, they died from that place. Okay, now what I want to ask you is, when you're talking about neighborhoods and... Like I'm talking 15, about at 3515 Clark, okay. where I was raised. Uh, were there doctors and lawyers living? Um, our principal, Mr. Gilliam, used to stay somewhere. He stayed in a little bungalow down the street. Uh, uh, Dr. Bell stayed up on Laclede, across the street from Waring. His drugstore was there. You know, I, you know, it was around. Well, it's a fuller I could, community. I now. could, you know, it's I couldn't just. A much fuller community. I couldn't. It's not like that uh -huh. now. But uh, Dr. Bell was there. He's, I think he stayed upstairs over his drugstore. And uh, he had horses, and he used to always ride his horse, <laughs> put on his riding habit all the time, and <laughs> ride down the street and come up down. You know, it was a big lot, and everybody would say, "There is Dr. Bell." And he's had his horse. <laughs> we would see, we would see his horse, but everybody loved to see his horse. Everything, and uh, his wife was weird, real weird, and uh, she was spooky, like a witch. Probably not drugs. No, she was like a witch, and. Uh, what, the reason I wanted, I I'm trying to find who else. Well, well, you know, ministers stayed in the neighborhood. Uh, but what about Market Street? I can remember even when I was a kid, they had a few gypsies up there, and they had the chicken place where Grandma would go and get those live chickens. You know, well, that's about, further down on Market Street. You go, you going no, past, the, you going um, past to, to you and that was a that was a market area for the going like east. Jefferson and Market. And no, there that was merchants up, all up in there. Well, what? starting from the twenty eight hundred down to Jefferson was an area where you could shop. So most of those stores were Jewish. Oh, were stores. They? Yeah, they weren't no black stores. It black like people. Mixed cultures. Black. Me, I didn't know. Mm-mm. Um. I don't remember a black store down. The only thing that I can remember might have been Southern Kitchen, a restaurant. Oh, okay. But most of the chicken store, that was all chicken store. They had um, dress store, mm -hmm. shoe stores, and things like that. They they weren't black. They had black oh, people see. working I wanted, in there. I wanted to ask you, though, about yeah. the community that you lived in. Uh, I, did, it, did it have anything to do with Did you interact at all with with uh, the community with the Ville or with with uh, colored people in Webster or Kirkland. Oh, in Webster. Did, did anybody, was there any interaction between them or did was I, everybody sort of living in their separate little... You lived in your separate thing, but of course you had 
well, you had your little community. Uh, you had your community. But when I was in the Girls Drum and Bugle Corps, of course, most of those girls lived in the West End. I let me see. It was about three or four of us. Uh, was Bessie myself, and about one and Charlene. I think we were the ones that lived below Grand. Which at that time we didn't know we lived in a slum because we didn't know that. But they told us that, you know, we we were slummy people. And the people from the Ville told you? No, uh, no. That's what the the journalists. And the oh. people of the city, <laughs> the people of the city said at that time that was a slum, but we didn't know it at you that time know. because we had clean houses and things like that. And most of the girls that stayed in the West, they lived in the Ville, mm -hmm. and they stayed out around West Bell and because they went to Sumner High School. Most kids that stayed west of Grand, they went to Sumner High School. Well, they were very nice girls. What, did, did Sumner and Bashan um, interact at all? As Sometimes, yeah, I would say sometimes, but we had that few. It was in a nice way. We were rivals. Uh, we, were rivals we were rivals in football and things like that. Basketball. And uh, mm -hmm. Football and everything. We were rivals, but it was a nice sort of a thing like it was that. Okay. Oh Did yeah. People date, interdate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but you sure got a whole lot of razzing because mm -hmm. daddy, see dad comes mm -hmm. from a big family and the older half of his family went to Vashon and the, the second half went to Sumner. Mm -hmm. And like he was on the football team and, and his sister was a cheerleader. He was at Vashon and she was at Sumner and they'd all get in the truck and have all these different colors. That was but, a big joke. But, uh, but you know, see now, she, uh, but now he continued to go when they moved, he continued to, yeah. to finish at Vashon, but uh, the others, they went to Sumner. When they moved. Yeah, because that's just like, I graduated from Vashon. Okay, so it's just, you just had that rivalry when yeah. you go to, t and it was really but, nice because we have turkey day games and everything. We were blue and white, they were maroon and white. And my kids went to, my kids went to Sumner, and I got behind Sumner. Of all things, whenever they were praying, all of my kids, uh, Elaine was in the orchestra, and the other boys, they were in the band. And coming from a musical family, all of them play instruments and everything. But I was cheering for Sumner, and I'll cheer for Sumner. And it was just what I happened. Know. What happened last week? It just Sumner is not the Sumner. I would say that it was Sumner no, is no, not no, the no. Sumner. No school is our school. For the shot. Sake of the tape, Another thing that speaking I, of the shooting, the shooting, Sumner was a first-rate school. Sumner started going down, I think, when? When we were going to compare it, so we had a dress code, and I think this is the part of the whole problem. No, it wasn't, Mom. The dress code has nothing to do I with do. it. It has to do with the system. Well, and, I know, and but I think. There. I, well, I, I, that too. <laughs> but I mean, you should have self esteem in where you look. Because when they changed, they changed, and the kids was wearing, they were wearing midriffs and wearing shorts and all that kind of stuff. I think you should dress appropriate. When we were going to school, even at Vashon, the boys could not wear jeans. No. Believe it or not. And these were supposed to be the poor colored people that never had anything. And we did not wear, yeah, wear jeans. The boys did not wear jeans. Mm -hmm. And you wore the... Uh, khaki pants or whatever yeah. and the sweaters and everything there was a way that you dressed although you were uh when we coming in that you was girls would roll their dresses up you know like that but sloppy joe sweaters and stuff but now the kids they just dress hats on 
I just think it's terrible. But shine, and we had one other thing I want to say from grade school on, our teachers instilled in us also when we were in the classroom. You're going to have to work hard, too. Our teachers, and see, they can't do that to the kids now. Because the first, because the first thing somebody would probably say in their prejudice, and they're teaching, they're teaching racism or separatism or something like that. Just like when the black kids would well, come in there, they would say, listen, you all are black kids. You cannot get out of here and think that you're going to go and get a job. You may be smart as the next person if you want to. You just, man, that's the way teachers talk. But you just keep on going and trying. You may not, you may, may be the no, same. they didn't. That's not they quite the message did. they get. Well, they, to well, me, I don't know, but to you. Oh, that's awful. Well, I say to me. That's I said awful. to me. Why is that awful? I said to me. Because they're teaching a negative. You might not do this and you might not do no, that. But no, but they no. were talking about what not, what could happen in case, because see, a lot of times they say, I want you to finish high, I want you to do this. It's not that you may fail, but I think this is why the well, kids what not. Saying, that's but, what I got okay, me. I think now the kids don't know how to cope with failure. I don't think children not because they want everything. They cope very well with failure. That's the problem. Stop a minute. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Okay. No, I, I want you to. I want you to say what you, what what they tell, told no, you. No, but I. And to finish it. But so no, I just think the teachers instilled in us yes. our blackness then, and, and, and they they didn't tell you not to not that you weren't we were you were not going to reach a certain level, but at least they gave you the thing they gave you enough to say well. I'll have to continue to work hard. You, I, I don't think they wanted you to see a stumbling block to go in there blind like you say these yuppie kids are going in today thinking that the world is ice cream and, uh, and strawberries. You know, like you said, the mm -hmm. yuppies, and they don't know uh, black from white. Oh, I didn't know it was like that. Yeah, oh, they don't know how to live I didn't. In the real world. I didn't know that. Well, the teacher was trying to tell us how to live in the real world. Mm -hmm. That we had. That's what I was trying to right. say. Right. And what? And tell me what. That's all that I have no, to no, say. No, they no, say. No, but, but clearly you get. You, no, no, no. You're not what expressing am I saying? a clear thought to me. I don't know. Maybe oh. I'm confused. Carl, they mm -hmm. were saying, if I was, if, if I understood it, you keep working. You might not make it, but you keep plugging. Well, maybe I did. Maybe could. those aren't. Right? Well, no, that might not be the same term. That may not be the same way that I want to express it. But they instilled in you to not give up. Right. And to and almost the teachers wanted you to be perfect. You know. So you had no, a they wanted you to be better than I white, mean, didn't they? They wanted you to. Be, you you just they didn't want you to make a mistake. You oh. said you had to be better. You had to be, you know, if, if some kids could not do that, but you had to be, if you want to make the mark, you had to be better than and the you, whites. And you felt good about that kind of role model. I did. I had some good teachers in there. They taught us how to read. They taught us how to write. They taught us how to write. And, and how about the discipline? Great. It might have been bad at that time. How they do it? How they do it? They just say... You don't. I'm scared you to death. They, you don't, you don't come. They, from the, you don't come in here. You know, my class, my name, my class, and this is what I expect of you, and this is what you're going to do. So between what you got at home and between what those role models at home and in school. Right. My parents instilled in us how to do because um, as all I had to do was go to school and learn because my mother said that she, 
There was no way to go up to school for bad conduct. No way. There's no reason why she should have to come up for bad conduct. What and I you, know I wasn't going to do it. What do you think is the difference between the, the Negro child of your generation and the black child of today? I don't know. There's an, Now, which one? Because there's some good kids out here. Well, I didn't say there weren't good kids. Uh, I wasn't inferring that well, they She thinks weren't. my generation is a throwaway. No. She doesn't have very no, high I'm opinion saying, I'm, I'm just, of my generation. I haven't. Because we question things and our philosophies sometimes differ with what she was used to. And well, I think, I think that's, that's, our, that's true of lots know. of generations. I mean, but actually, people. when you think of it, and when you think of it very carefully, it's not. It's just it's the same philosophy taken one step further. Like you were saying, how do you deal with racism? And she told you how she deals with it. I learned to deal with it from her by watching her. I knew it immediately if I had a problem to go to the manager. But one thing they also taught me is. You don't let some racist person who's supposed to serve you get away with that. That might not be the attitude of the management. Why don't you make sure? So it's a little more sophisticated than, than maybe years ago. No, but, but, but Elaine, what, she, what we have to keep in mind when we're talking on this tape oh, is, no, 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 you don't have to be sorry for anything. What we must keep in mind is that the times changed when your mother Mm -hmm. If she had said something to the management, maybe it wouldn't have made any difference. Perhaps. The laws were different. It was segregated. Those mm -hmm. were the rules. Those were the way the things were set down. Today, you can say more and get more with, with less. But said. even back then, but they had men management. I did find I to the man. Yeah. I, did, I did have sense enough to say, where is the management? Because if you sure ask the girl, and that was be that was before they had name tags on girls. I think that's the purpose of them putting name tags on people. Because when you would go to him, you say that girl over there, she did such and such. The girl may not be there, and was gone. That's why I really think that's the reason why they have name tags on people. Because whatever salesperson that did not uh, perform their job, so you wouldn't get that mixed, uh, you know, mixed up with someone else. But I mean, it wasn't all bad. We lived. We knew. We knew what to do. We had a good time. We went to football games. We did everything. We went to roller skating. I mean, you knew we had dance. We went to the castle ballroom. We saw all the big name bands. The whites did, went. Did you to tell them about the big bands when you went down to the kill and the black kill? folks had to dance in the balcony, and the white kids would be down on the floor? When you were teenagers, you said you'd go down to the kill. No. To hear the big bands. No, we. Uh, we and you guys had to stay in the balcony. Mm -mm, no. Uh uh, we we went to the kill. That was a big band. That's where we. That's a big. Everybody would go. If they kids that were jitterbugging, jitterbugging, the white kids would come to go down there because they wanted to hear some black big band. You didn't band. dance with the white children. We didn't dance. We didn't dance. Well, I never seen anybody black and white dance together. But everybody was on the ballroom floor together. Nobody oh, had to. No, me. nobody had to sit up in the balcony. Oh. I don't remember that. What? Tell me about when. Mm -mm. began. Integration, that was in 54, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, uh... I was kind of out. I was real married then, so... No, they, well, I'm talking about public accommodations. Oh, I don't know, because... When could you begin to go places... Okay, the only town, time that I test... anywhere that you... I went any place I wanted to downtown. I didn't eat any place where I wanted to. I went but, to any store. I bought anything. The only store I'm that asking, wouldn't it was Cunningham's. I'm, I'm asking... 
when when you began to be able to eat any place and what what how was that what did what did that uh, I guess that was pretty good Scruggs was the well Scruggs Vanderbilt Barn it, it was the only store that you could sit down uh, was that, that was first? yeah all of them open up all of the stores open up and I, they open up a little section mm -hmm. they open up a little section for you to sit down and eat I didn't participate too much in that then because my kids I didn't want to really but they did do that uh, for me that was out for me at that time you know it took you know well what did it take for you you know, to go and sit and yes. eat. It was nice, but I didn't make a, it wasn't a big deal to me mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. When I would go shopping, I would go shopping and come back home. And maybe if I did want something, very few times. Uh, they had a little place at Famous. They had a place at um, Scruggs. You always could go to Scruggs at one. That was a, really the first one. And at Sticks, I can't remember Sticks, and I just didn't go. Mm -hmm. I just didn't go. Oh. Um, this like Forest Park Highlands when they opened that up I didn't want to go I couldn't go when I was small and we could see the roller coaster so I did not want to go when they started letting uh, blacks go in then because I think my children were born then see they were pride, you mean? You just... I guess so they just waited too late well, they didn't I just didn't want to I was I was grown scrapped. you know I was grown and I couldn't go when I wanted to go. So what's the big deal going now to look around? Uh, maybe I, you know, I just mm -hmm. didn't care to go. My kids, they went, and as far as my husband was no, saying, that as far as the swimming pool, they had a swimming pool out there, but they wouldn't let you in the swimming pool. So my husband said, well, if they can't open it all the way, you just don't go. No, so I they didn't go. So I said, they didn't miss anything. So you just don't go if they're going to open if they're going to open it, open it all the way, not halfway. And I think the only time that I went, I did go. I think the, uh, I don't know, my youngest son, I have two boys and a girl. And I think it might have been the grade school. And that's the first time I walked around in the little place. And I just say it's the same way with the fox. When the fox opened up, I didn't, I didn't go with you all to the fox. I didn't take you, you all to the fox. You go places now? You go every place now? You're not going to tell her about the first time I went to the movies. We talked about that last time. Oh, week. the first time? I can remember that, too. I she was very was, young, but I had vague memories. She was, I, I can tell. That I was remember in, telling Mom that I felt very uncomfortable. That was People in, were staring at us. That was in 50, right after the 54, 55, I guess it was. I think Elaine might have been about seven, and Rudy was, because they're three years apart. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were going downtown to, to uh, get some school shopping and everything and uh we had i had heard that uh they going to admit black people can go to the shows downtown and i've been hearing that at work all along they said did you know you can go to the lows i said oh you can nowhere i said yes yeah. that's what i heard and said, oh i didn't know that i said yeah say well um if you want to go they won't let the black man in there the black man can't go unless they have a woman couldn't get a bus. So I said, oh, yeah. And that was a talk that was going around the community. Said, yeah. But if, if a man, a black man, have to have a woman with him, I can't go along. So that went on for about a month or so. So I got up that morning and I didn't tell anybody what I was going to do. So we went shopping downtown and I fixed them all up. We were dressed, not overdressed, but dressed. And um, 
So I said, I'm going to see. And the reason I did that, because when Elaine was small, we would go downtown all the time. And she was on the bus. So uh, she would, as we passed the, the Lowe's, the Lowe's seat, you know where the, they're building the, uh, the Savannah Center there on Washington? Well, that used to be the Lowe's movie big beautiful, beautiful thing and so the bus had stopped so she said oh mommy mommy, mommy can we go in there can we go in there and i think that was that the lows the low state, low state. Mm -hmm. or was it the lows are from because see the lows one was on 8th street and one was on washington i i the one that they recently tore down that big one on washington and so my daughter she was about seven as I said she said can't we go in there and I I told her no and she said why and the people at that time it's about 12 or 1 o'clock at lunchtime you know and people going to the show and I said uh, we can't go she said well why can't we go I said because we're colored and you can't go in there and so she said well can't Aunt Leela go well Aunt Leela is fair. she's fair she said well can't Aunt Leela go I said, no, she can't go. She's colored, too. She said, but we can't go. She said, that's not fair. That's not fair. And so ever since then, that stayed on my, she said, that's not fair. She just shook her head. And she just looking at the people go in. And so I said, I, when they said that, I said, I wish I could take get her in the show. So and, and that, when they finally opened, I don't know how, that was some time. because, mm -hmm. And I guess that must have been about what? It was in the fall, I think, and we went up there. I said, I'm going to see if they're going to take her. And I didn't tell them I was, I was going to take them because I didn't want them to be disappointed. And so we walked up to the window. I said, all they can tell me is no. And when I put my money there, and she said, oh, for the children too? And she said, oh, thank you. She took my money. She took them. She said, he was too small and took my money, I said, well, they didn't know what I was feeling inside. I said, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And we went to see the Lady and the Tramp, Walt Disney picture. And how did it feel? Oh, wow. And and when they were standing, I said, this Lady and the Tramp was playing. That was the first thing that was out. You know, the first, that was the first picture that was out, the Lady and the Tramp. I didn't tell them. They like, had a fit. I had a fit. I had a fit when she accepted my money. And I said, so we're going to, we really can't go in this show. It's no lie. And when we went in there and we sat down and it was half empty in the intermission. And then I think it was one other black uh, person down in the front, in the far front. And, you know, people look around with intermission, mm -hmm. people looking in the back and you see people looking at you. Oh, I can remember people staring at me. Oh, wow. Yeah, because she got to go to a show. Uh -huh. She got to go to a show. You know, I mean, she remembers She remembered remember that. that. So she and had that, to do things that she didn't get to do. And that well, that, did that, that, not exactly that, to do things that I didn't do. But it's just the idea that it wasn't fair to her. It You know, it wasn't mm -hmm. fair to her. I've already lived part of my life, but it wasn't part of, it wasn't fair to my children 
to have to endure all this stuff. Me, me, it didn't bother me. I was glad to go, but I was more glad for my children, more so for myself. Because like I said, I couldn't do it when I was young, so it didn't bother me about going to those places then. You know, it really didn't. The fox or any of them. Oh, have you seen the fox? You know, okay, I, when I was a teenager or young and wanted to go, I couldn't go. So it just doesn't bug me right now, although I go some. How would you feel about the VP? I hated it. She hated I like, it, and she told us she hated it. I, I, I see. I live just a block away from the den. From the what? The den, the Bella Prophet den. Where they stored the, the VP, floats. where they oh. stored the float. Okay. That was on Rankin, and of course that was about two or three blocks from us. And of course, at that time, like little kids, now I'm talking about little kids. You're excited about the float. Mm -hmm. I won't lie about that. It was good, you know. And we would always go on Olive Street to see that. My mother would take us on Olive because it was close to Grand, and we would see it. And of course you would see it. And when I can remember, we always had to draw a picture of the float when we would come to school, go to school. And so uh, the only time that uh, we would go there and we would stand on the front, and we would wave at the guys on the float and everything, wave at the guys on the float, and you were standing next, where we would stand would be a, a bunch of white people, and a lot of whites would be around us because it was for granted, a lot of people from the south side would come over to that direction, so it was it wasn't an all black uh, crowd. Mm -hmm. And if you're standing on the front, you're standing up there, and the guys up there, they were you you waving your hand, and they would they would cross over and shake a white hand, then they would cross over and shake another white hand, and little black kids' hands going like that. So my mother said, "Put your hand down. Put your hand down. They don't, don't want to be bothered with you." And 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 they didn't. And when Percy Green got so that it, it was changed great. Changed it. It was what? It was great. It was terrific. It was great. Yeah. Because they treated us all black and white like we were all and, a bunch uh, of peasants anyway. It was a class thing. It, people, it was a class. And now, I thought it was terrific. See now, and they were using I public lived, money, public funds. That was the to thing. It. it was public money too. See, I stayed in the thirty-five. I stayed in the thirty-five hundred. Like I said, it's right off a of grant. Whenever the VP parade, whenever the VP ball, see, they would have this ball mm -hmm. for the crew. When we would come home from school in our block, there would be policemen stationed from Grand all the way down, even to Laclede. We couldn't get on our blocks because it was chauffeur limousines all around there for the big rich. And because some of the chauffeurs would be outside on the front, you know, talking to my father, a lot of them. And it would be all crossed out. You couldn't, you couldn't go, because they having the big men having a big beer bash for the night before the thing. Because my brother was a teenager, Raymond. I don't know whether he was a teen. He would serve the parties, and they would have it at the den, and they would go and serve all the crew. And he said they would get real drunk and stuff like that at the night before. How do you feel about the black people who have? Daughters making their debuts now at or at the VP. Mm -hmm. It's a joke to me. I guess it's okay. It's nice. This it's is America, nice. You know? It's nice for all those who want to do it. It's nice. I, you know, if that's what you want to do, it's nothing. That's integration. That's very good if that's what you want to do. But um, uh, I just didn't understand why they would say she is the queen of love, love and, beauty and beauty of St. Louis. And I can't and understand. This white man they, rose out of the Mississippi. I don't think so. And See, so in a, in a we always said he was. They told us that legend. 
It didn't make sense when we were in school. We questioned that then, and it had nothing to do with any kind of racial awareness or anything. It's just logic. If you come up out of that Mississippi, you're not going to be white. You know, I mean, not but, the Mississippi you were looking at. But the VP when I was little, and that was just a little, that was a snub when you when you have your hand out and clowns come by and they I know they can't shake every kid's hand, you know that. Yeah. But a lot of times they just didn't want to oh, shake they the threw kids. Candy when we were children and so, mama said, Don't you don't you run and get it. Do no, well, run and get that my candy. mother see when 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 they the den, like I said, you go down to the den and they would they had a big platform real wide and they would bring the floats up and the guys would have to come out up and then step up on the floats and a lot of times we would go and see them come up on the floats and everything and sometimes they would be nice but then when they would come up on the floats then they would throw pennies at you and some of some of the little kids little color kids going little down, peasants. Yeah. Going down there. <laughs> and uh my mother she would say, don't go down don't 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 she go down there picking up no pennies I didn't go anyway because I was a girl, but she. But my brothers don't go down there throwing pennies down there. You can't do that. But that's the only thing. It was racist, but I, it was a queen of love, and I loved the parade. I loved the lights. I loved all of that, and all the men before it was motorized. They would get all the. They would get a lot of winos, and they get a lot of people, <laughs> and they would carry these big batteries on the back that light up, and they would have on the men. And there was there were no black people in the parade. The only black people in the parade, they were carrying the number signs, telling you number one float veil profit, number two float blah blah blah. And because at one time they didn't even have the queen. Sometime, uh, I remember the year when they first had the queen to ride in the parade. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I know my dad had a friend, Mr. Bates, and Mr. Bates was always so proud. Cause he carried the veil prophet number one float, and and Mr. Bates and because Daddy would always say, "I'm going to see Bates carry that sign tonight," and said, "I know he's gonna be strutting," and, and Mr. Bates would come down. We would always see Mr. Bates, and they would always have a look like monk, this over their face and a long just like a monk, and then they had this battery up there, light on their face. And the, at that time, at one time, you know, the horses used to pull the floats. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Bates would step, they said, da 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 When he, Mr. Bates was, he, all he was, and he was humped <laughs> over. But when he would carry, that was an honor for him to carry that fellow prophet sign. They said, oh, go on, Bates. He said, no, 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 no. We was laughing. Old Bates, they would give him some money, you know, Mr. Bates. Old Mr. Bates always carried the bell prophet sign. But I won't, and so I told my mama. Well, we did so watch I, the pageant. Every so I year. asked mother, and so mother said, "Oh, those are big rich people." She said, "Those are big mm -hmm. rich people, and that's their daughters." And what it is, she said, "That's the commerce. That's the commerce of that's the singers. That's the businessmen. Mm -hmm. So you would never know who's behind that mat." So whoever's the biggest uh, commerce the biggest industry, mover and shaker. that's yeah. who's. That's she who told us, and I said, "Well, they won't ever see. You won't ever see his face. Mm -hmm. You won't ever see his face." But I love the lights and everything. But it wasn't only that parade. Sometimes the Shriners Parade would get kind of like that. They wouldn't shake all their kids. But my kids. Not as a rule, though. There was a definite mm -hmm. difference in the Shriners and that the VP, VP parade. Yeah. Because the clowns were really good. It's just that when I was a kid, I didn't like clowns. You all remember. didn't like I thought clowns. they were kind of grotesque. But, um, yeah, they were really friendly. 
But see, the thing about it, they didn't have any blacks in the parade. The only ones that they had was like Mr. Bates. Then they included other people. So their pageant was wonderful. It was beautiful. Oh, I love that. We I grew up with that now. I love that pageant. Oh. But my mother has, she dressed some maids, uh, you know, the, the big rich, mm -hmm. and they would have to go there and button them up and mm -hmm. do all of that, mm -hmm. you know. And, and as a matter of fact, Miss Potts, one of my dance teachers, choreographed, uh, uh, choreographed in mm -hmm. several years mm -hmm. for the pages and stuff. How did yeah. your mother happen to do that? I mean, how did, how did, did she apply for that? Or them or did you mm -mm. When you work when for she, rich white people, oh, when, she worked when for you the work people. for rich white people, you know oh. they ask you, you know, to do, to do things, mm -hmm. certain things. If they, if they have a good girl, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a, a nice girl or something. Um, <coughs> do you have friends? Um, do you have white friends? Mm -mm. White friends? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I work with. Uh, no, by. No, I don't. But I, I, uh, the people that color, I, the, the people that I work with, well, see, I haven't been around where I could, someone could really become a white friend. Uh, only one girl I worked with was in the department that I worked with. Who, we, Mickey? Uh -huh. Yeah, I would we, say she was Yeah, Mickey friend, was yeah. nice. Uh huh. Very close. And uh, Mickey, we were nice. And because uh, I get along with people on the job, I, you know, yeah. I don't have any problems with race relations on the job. You know, and if you see something that's going to happen, happen that you think you just, you just turn the other way. Do you have anything now that that's um, at this stage in your life where that you've got unwritten laws, you know, in your head, in your mind that um, kind of prohibit you still from doing things that you might like to do? Oh, as far as, uh, and, and as far as anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is it. You set limitations for yourself. I don't know it's limitations. I have a goal. I always try to have a goal. No, but there's some things you don't even consider. I mean, I sometimes this is my opinion now. I think you consider all the reasons why you don't want to do something before you can ever consider the reasons why you do. Hmm. Like I was trying, we were talking about the historical society. I said you really should, you know, become more active in that. It would really be neat for you and blah blah blah. And you said, well, I can't. I don't feel like doing this, and I don't think I can do it. You gave me all the reasons why you thought you shouldn't, and you never addressed what was good about it. And I thought you would enjoy it, but you always do that. You always approach things from. She sets limitations at the very beginning. You mean, but you think it's because of a black, white. Type of thing is oh, due to racism? About. You're no. talking about specifically due to racism? Uh -uh. To racist that relations? Has never no, my I mind. thought you just meant on a personal level. Uh -uh. Um, as far as racism, no, because I don't let that racism really, if you let something like that, it'll take over on you. If you, gonna, you can't I can't live that. this yeah. long and let something like that stop me from growing, you know, because that's not my problem. And that's the way I look at I can't help the way I am, but I just don't want anybody to continue to do it at this late age, like I said, most of the young people, that's why most of the younger people today, I'm just surprised that at some of them with their little racist ways, I thought things were gonna change because they would always say it as old as I am. And the only thing that I said, but the little kids, when they come out like that, they're so young, they don't know. But, uh, but you're not, you, I she's don't let- She's more outspoken about it. I, I don't, think she's more outspoken no, I don't about let it, it I don't. No, I don't. I, I will not let it pass me up. But you're not looking for it. No. 
that you do feel that, or do you feel that there are, well, some people say that, that St. Louis is, is racially polarized. It's true. Absolutely. That's true. Everything that confluence and everything that they said in the paper about it, they're 100% correct. What part of St. Louis seems like home to you? I mean, where do you feel acknowledged? Right now, mm -hmm. no, nowhere, because we don't have a community anymore. There's no, there's no black community nowhere. The closest thing to that would probably be church. That's the one constant, I think. Yeah. But we other than that, we didn't discuss church. So church has played a big part in your life. All, yep. Yes, uh, one of the things that we, we would do. We'll come back to that. Um, uh, your neighbors here. Your, your neighbors are nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. There's a black family there. Was a white family. She moved uh, year before last. Mm -hmm. And this the block is integrated. Mm -hmm. It's integrated nice. I don't have any problems with the neighbor. People are very nice. No problem whatsoever. What area of St. Louis will you not enter? Don't want to enter. South St. Louis. Dog patch. I don't want to go to South St. Louis. <laughs> Just dog patch. I'll go I have been over there. there. I've been over there, but I wouldn't. I I I would go over there, and if I happen to find something, but I wouldn't want to stay over. I wouldn't want to live around Cherokee and back mm -hmm. over there. Mm -hmm. That's out of my territory. Those people don't want to be. No, you you ask for trouble. Mm -hmm. So so you just you just stay away from that area. I have no reason to no, go over there as a shopping over there. I have been on Cherokee because they have antique plates right. up and down. It's really right. nice, yeah. really. That I like. Yeah. But uh, um, I don't have any friends over there. But uh, that's just about it. Well, I could say one of my questions is where do you see people interact with one another? You see it right here on your street. but uh, Black and white. Mm -hmm. Every time you go shopping. I think it's integrated. Uh, this is a... Uh, really an integrated you find every every kind of mixed couple that you wanted to find mm -hmm. I don't know why black white Arabs mm -hmm. uh, uh, every, everybody uh -huh. in this I didn't know that mm -hmm. but I think people unless they come over here when you go to the to snooks and to the mall over here are just around it's a Big mixture. It's like there's this unspoken, the secret, and all of the mixed couples know it. Maybe they're and we accepted. we into it. Maybe they're accepted over here. Your I city don't know. used to be like that too. I know. But it's it. But the climate is different here. But you see, it's going we, down. When she first moved out here, I started. And we are in blackjack. Well. Yeah, right. And I started shopping out here, and I'm so. First of all, people are just ruder, more rude than they used to be, and in the city. I got used to that. You go in, you pay your money, people don't say thank you, they throw your money down. And this is black and white now. I mean, the people right. are That's just That's right, you found rude. black they and white. Are we rude. I'm not talking about Okay, so when I say that, and that really bothers me. These That's little black sales girls, me. they come up to you with a smirk on your oh, face. It, that what are you really doing here? bothers me. Ooh. So, but you come out here, remember I came home from shopping, and I said, everybody said thank you and asked me to come back again, mm -hmm. and they smiled at me. I said, this is the city's best kept secret over here. And I just, because I've always shopped out here, even when I lived in the city, and this was mostly white, I shopped out here. But um, it, I never noticed quite that difference. I think it, it's, there's a, like a new shift it's of nice. people that are out here, because it is very friendly. 
And then when you go into the stores, you see young people, you see old people. There are a lot of it's like a lot of older people supplementing people their social security. And I love the mixture of we ages have, and race. We don't have a lot of. It's great. Just lately, it's uh, most of, it's a lot of retired people. Mm -hmm. And on Wednesday, right here, mm -hmm. it's more retired people. And I think there might be about three <laughs> houses on this block with school aged children. Where do you see people? Where do you see that it would be less likely for people to come together in St. Louis? Definitely Le in the city limits. Less likely. Yeah. Where would be the least likely place you would see people coming together? Hmm. The commercial oh. district, preferably downtown in the business section. As small as it is, I don't think there are any people coming together. Um, you still see... What do you mean, coming together to be what? Just to be... The, the art Just the, a mixture of people. A mixture of people where they could interact. Um, you don't see it. Downtown, uh, if you're talking about that center, downtown, and I was... I'm a city person. I... Because before, I did not want to move to the county. I really didn't. Mm -hmm. I was... It was almost forced because the way the city was so messed up and they never wanted to fix up the things they made everything for the Central West End, for the uh, yuppies and for the people to turn it over, you know, uh, over to make uh, the city white. And they forgot right. about the old established neighborhoods that were there. And a well, lot of the CDA forget. money that was supposed to go to fix up our place and everything, it went for Central West End and all of that. And so now you see and that stuff they didn't do that. And would not issue a loan for um, certain areas. You could not city. get... What they did was systematically made slums. There were some very nice neighborhoods you could, on the north side. Ours used to be one of them. Well, they lowered... And it got to the point where they devalued their property and you could not get a loan to improve your property. And this was systematic throughout the banking community. Well, still you could that's, not get a loan. Well, that's and that's what we're talking now. about, redlining. They not only redline you with the property, you they redline get insurance. you on your insurance. insurance. You can't get insured. You, get you insured. cannot get a loan to keep your property up. And then, so, so then they devalue it and say you live in a slum. When they we, made a slum for you. When we, and I'm talking people with excellent credit. Even in the harsh financial times of the 80s, they were too evil to lend black people money on their homes. And these people were capable of paying them back. They'd rather lend it to somebody white who was not going to pay them. But when we uh, when we wanted to get home improvement loan, at that time we had to go to a black bank, and we went to Gateway, and they were the only one to give That's us. Right. Uh huh. If any time you wanted to get anything, you went to you they went the gate. one that they are the one that oh, saved he was us. Designated and for I that. think I guess the the bank is still, it's still open. There. New Age went down. Uh -huh. And that's how we got our home improvement yeah, in order to get there. One. And we always had good a credit rating. Always. Where, always. Where, where was your home? On course? page 4400 on Page Avenue. 44. And that put you in what school? Uh, Sumner, Sumner High Sumner school, school and Marshall and Turner Middle School, okay. which mm -hmm. Turner Middle School used to be Stowe uh, Junior College Stowe for Earth. Blacks. Uh, teacher's College, yeah. All right. Um, some people say St. Louis is the most northern city in the South. 
Mm -hmm. I think that's true. <laughs> but it's not only because of negative things either. Now, St. Louis is great to visitors. We put on that Southern hosp hospitality, mm -hmm. both black and white, I think. I think we, we show, we open our doors, we feed you, we show you that Southern hospitality, but you better get the heck out as fast as you can. Because if you stay too long, <laughs> we'll start dogging you out like the rest of the family. Do you, feel, do you feel that St. Louis is different than other places racially? I'm the mm -hmm. few places I've been, I enjoy myself. Mm -hmm. well, I was ashamed when I got back home and found out how backwards St. Louis was. I said, are. How could this happen? You mean to tell me go to Atlanta, Georgia? You even you go to New York? New York. I mean, you know, I mean, we like Mayberry, USA, and the people treat you so. so I mean, they have a lot to offer, and the. The people there, I, St. Louis is just backwards. First of I was all, it's ashamed. stupid and impractical. I was ashamed. And if you haven't realized by this time, it's just a lot easier to do what you're supposed so to do. So many places go on, to like go. Like I said, if, if you're in a service position, to, to just serve all people, no matter what color they are, move on. But it seems like even the people now, when the people here, when they go to other places, that they fall in line the way the people act there. That's why I can't understand when they go to visit. I'm sure they go to other places, but when they come back home, how can they form such negative opinions about people and, you know, and act so funny when they wouldn't act like that otherwise? Are you, are you telling me that the things haven't really changed all that much? They've changed. Um, in some ways they've changed. Uh, in, in many ways, I can tell you that... Yeah, you can go different places and you can, you can go to wherever you want to go. I, I don't know. I don't see you can go a lot of places you want to go. However, the covert racism sometimes is stronger. That I'd rather somebody call me a nigger. I'd much rather they do it. I know who you are. I mm -hmm. worked with a woman who did that once. We ended up with a, de a decent relationship because I knew she didn't like me. She knew I didn't like her, but we had to work together. So we agreed to do that. And I think I had a better relationship with her than some of these these. Um, you know, bleeding heart liberals that claim that they, oh well, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a bigot, and I'm not this, and I'm not that. But they're they, trying to get in my head. And then they treat you. And then they treat you lousy. And you're trying to fix exactly. the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah, that's the only thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They're trying to convince themselves that they're not bigots. It's and so they try to use it's me a to different, do it. It's and a I don't different play the way. Game. I'm sorry, I really but don't play it. See, well. when we were coming I'm up, not hostile. Look like you. But I, see, when I'm we not hostile, but I don't want to. But do that. when we were coming up, we, we had different limits. You know just how far that you yeah. were going to go. That's the difference, you know. So you. Know. But now they say, well, now you're ready. You can do these things. Mm -mm, but now so. they have certain. They not have so. certain steps. To stop you from, and it's legal. And they they found a legal way of really leaving you out, you know. They can do anything. Process of elimination. I, how is that? Like on your job, uh, they will fire you for cause. They will nitpick till they find a cause. Yeah. Until, it's know, different ways that it's different ways that they would that will find out. And sometimes they will harass you so to try to make you quit. And uh it's just I can't think because see by me working with the Urban League and yeah, and from other stop. things from other things in the paper and from what my children have gone through, my son, uh, they let you go up to managers and different things like that, and then they'll just lay you, I mean, and you doing superb on the job. No reason whatsoever, you know. Uh, it's just... Are they getting your head and they study your methods to see why you're more efficient 
and then uh, they'll even reprimand you for not quite following the rules. And then the next thing you know, there's a memo out, and every and your techniques are on paper, and somebody else got credit for them. Um, uh, when I worked for TWA, they were always on my line. Uh, you know, you're supposed to be monitored, and that's so well. great. But I mean, a lot of times you have to inform the person that you have monitored them all because it's not going to do any good. It's supposed to be a learning tool, you know, to see what it is you need to improve on on the phone. I was a reservationist, but a lot of times that didn't happen. They were on my line to see what my technique was, and I told you every week that woman came out. There were some things you just add some of yourself to, mm -hmm. and because the thing was computerized, I could figure out how efficient I was. And I had set my own standard. I set a standard for myself to, to, to pass, get so many calls per minute, generate X amount of dollars so I could have balanced statistics. So I would take time with certain amount of calls. And I look at the clock to do that. And so I would offer a bit of myself that maybe they didn't suggest to me, but it would help the customer and possibly bring them back again. So then they would listen to me. And, and when I make suggestions or offer a service, then they would start changing the policies. And they were listening to me. I could hear them on my line. You know, and it was just crazy, but they wanted to treat me like I was stupid. They wanted to treat me like I was stupid, and I just would not have it. TWA was the best place, though, because they were, but it was, it they was were other used places to dealing I've with heard other people. Young pe people, they, of they have just, just, it's just hard to work, it's hard to work there because it, 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 if you have to be a strong person, or you have to be mentally, you know, person. mentally. For the young people today, I'm so glad that I'm not a young person because they really catch in hell. Typical example, job. typical example. The assumption is because you want equal opportunity uh, is that I want to come to your home, I want to be your friend, I want to be seen with you, you know, uh, because, and I can, under, I can even understand how, how white people feel that way, how it came about, because they think they're superior. They're taught that from a very young age, that they are superior, and therefore they have something that we want. All they have that we want is the opportunity. If you're a lousy person, we don't want to be with you anyway. I, are, you say, are you saying that they think you want to come to their home? Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard sometimes to relate on a business level. They'll try to personalize it and turn it around and say that you're personalizing or you're internalizing things you should not. You know, when you don't care about these people. You know, you know, you're 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 attacking it from a very practical point of view. Let's get the job done. I'm task oriented. I want to get the job done. I don't care what color you are. You know, and if you, you know, there's some things you should learn to do. Tell me what it is. Communicate with me. Let's do this job. And they just find all kind of reasons not to do it. And then they do crap like, uh, well, we're going to go to lunch, Elaine. Why don't you go? And you say, oh, no, thanks. They put a whole lot of pressure. They don't let you graciously say no. So you end up going out to lunch with these people. And this is constant. I don't know if it's a St. Louis thing or what, but this has happened to me many times. I think it's funny now. But when I was young and perpetuous, I used to get a little angry. They would sit and they'd have a conversation, and slowly you are ex from the conversation to the point where they won't even have eye contact with you. It's like you're not even at the table. And that's why usually when that happens to me, I have my transportation. I will get up, pay my check, and leave. You know, and then go, well, what's wrong? Well, you had omitted me from the conversation. I simply assumed that you did not want to be bothered. I don't like to be where I'm not wanted. And, of course, this relation to me, to me is, is, one, is optional anyway. Then they get offended and say, I'm arrogant. Okay. You know, and I, no, I'm I not going to let you pollute my world. Okay. 
Now, but that what happens else all the have? time. And anyway, it's just sneaky little stuff, subtle stuff like that that happens all the time, professionally and on a personal level. Just a couple more. Are we coming to the close? Yes. Okay. Uh, do you feel that our society should ever become colorblind? Could ever become? Mm -mm. No, there's no reason. Because you can't, no, that, no. Because when you look at me, you can't be, my color will be there forever. So, so I don't think they should say that. Like, you know, we are colorblind society. No, yeah. you can't do that. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. You know, colorblind, because when you see me, you know, you know what I am. Mm -hmm. When you look at me. That stuff, you know, That's all gobbledygook yes. talk. Um, colorblind. If you had the power to change something, what would it be? Gosh, what would it be? What would it be if I had the power to change something? Mm -hmm. To change things, what would it be? The structure, the structure of uh, of uh, the government. Well, I think everybody probably would do that. In what way? I would like to see. I would like to see more powerful. Uh, I